Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. I was just one of like thousands of employees at this place. And so making your mark and rising up and being recognized as like your own personal brand in a space like that, the way that I was able to do that was through specialty. Hey guys, I am so excited for today's episode. I get to sit down with a good friend of mine and business partner, Mia Hopke. Mia spent close to a decade working with Spotify and massive media organizations before joining my company as managing partner and head of client services at my agency, Kennett Creative. And she's also my business partner in Preston Conrad Home. And what I think is fantastic about Mia's conversation with me is that it's really about identifying brand me within a bigger organization and then transitioning that to a smaller, cooler startup organization. So for all of you who are at home, who maybe you love your job uh, and you're trying to kind of figure out what your personal brand is within a larger organization, I think you're really gonna like this episode. And if you are looking for your next big leap, you're ready to take that leap of faith, I particularly think you will love this chat with Mia Hopke. So without further ado, here's Mia. Mia, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I mean, we have to we have to take the elephant out of the room. I've been on Zoom with you for a couple hours today. Let's break. <laughs> let, let's be honest. <laughs> I know it's like, how are you in the last three minutes that we took a break from <laughs> right. Zoom calls together? Exactly. Um, as I said in the at the top of the show, you are my business partner at Kennett Creative, a boutique creative consulting agency, and. I think what's so interesting about your story, I mean, we've been friends for how long? 20 years now? Yeah. Can you yeah. believe that? We are old. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait. Okay. Because we were 18 when we met. Yeah. It was the first day of college. I'll literally never forget it. Yeah. Uh, and you will be rounding 38 this January 5th, Queen. So yeah, oh 20 God. years. Oh my God. Yeah. 20, 20 years. years. But what's interesting is, is that we haven't, we've been friends for this many years and obviously we've been working together professionally for the past few years. But what's interesting about you and why I wanted you on the podcast, even though I talked to you all day and you're a close friend of mine, is that I think there's something really interesting about what you've done to your personal brand from moving from big brand to boutique and maintaining your personal brand through both and moving over because... You were at Spot. How long were you at Spotify and what was your role there? I was at Spotify for about eight years. And my role there, I, I did a few jobs at Spotify. I started off, I launched our US sales team and was selling the advertising at Spotify there and then moved into a global strategy team where I essentially built out the global go to market ad strategy for the entertainment industry. So always worked in like sales, client service, um, moving more from transactional to strategic and did mm -hmm. that when I exited there a few years ago and started working with Kennett. So, yeah. It's crazy because I think a lot of people, a lot of people that listen to this show aren't necessarily people like 
me or you, or maybe they're not solopreneurs, or maybe they don't have a side hustle or, or they don't have a startup, they work for a job that they really love, right? And I think one thing that's important that I want to take away from this show is that your personal brand, you already have a personal brand, even if you do work a a nine to five job that you may love, right? And your personal brand is something that given obviously the internet and that a a simple Google search will reveal your personal brand, what the internet (laughs) says about you, right? It's already there. You have the power to control it. Yeah. But you have, um, you know, it's kind of, you've built your personal brand. uh, I would say you kind of like iced it at Spotify, right? And you've brought it over to my business. But what was it like building your brand of Mia, the brand of Mia within a big brand like Spotify, was that easy? And what was the brand of Mia at Spotify? And does it differ than where you are now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, it's like, you don't have to like have a, a product or a service that you sell that is branded to like have a brand and be a brand. And I think that anybody that has crossed my path professionally would probably agree that there is like a, a brand of Mia Um, I think it was something that, like you said, yeah, it really kind of became, I really refined it at my time at Spotify and obviously brought a lot of it over to Kennet. But for me, I think it's always been about, I love, I love working in client service. I love working with people. I'm an extrovert. Um, I'm cheerly. I, you don't say, (laughs) um, (laughs) I, I don't need a recharge. I'll recharge when I sleep and I can just always with people go, go, go. But I would say that like, my brand is definitely one that is incredibly positive. Cheerleader is something that like I have been called by so many people at so many different points in my career at all different levels of an organization. Um, I'm definitely like a problem solver. I am mm-hmm. always thinking of, okay, you know, how can I take responsibility for something here? Even if I'm literally the person that is on the lowest of the rungs of like responsible for this certain thing, how can I take responsibility here? How can I move this forward? Um, I would say that also like I'm a, I'm a connector. I don't like gatekeep things. I'm Mm -hmm. not interested in gatekeeping. I think that my value actually comes from connecting people. So pause. I really also, I, um, I guess the way to put this is like, I don't take myself too seriously. Like I love I was cracking say, a joke at myself. Said, I was going to say, you haven't said fun yet. Uh, yeah. I think that's a big part fun of your and personal funny, brand. Cheerleader, positive problem solver, I think is really um, like the core of my brand. And then I think there's kind of like this tertiary kind of almost like the halo. What's the planet with the rings? Saturn, Venus. I don't know. I'm obviously not You're like, asking the wrong guy. Okay, I, yeah. you know, I don't even know about my Google's planet planet with so. the rings. You can like put it in <laughs> yeah. the captions or whatever. Saturn, right? Yeah. Saturn. Yeah. yeah. Saturn has the rings. Yeah. So like there's like the Saturn and then there's like my rings. And I think that also like a big part of my rings is what was developed later on in my career as I grew in my personal life. And I think that my eyes opened up to it is actually important to not just be all about your profession and that the way Mm -hmm. that you can be of value to your colleagues around you and not just to your clients or, or your, you know, external partners is by bringing, you know, what you're comfortable with of your whole self into work. And for me, that was about 
being a mom. Um, mm-hmm. That was about, you know, crazy manicures and bright colors and always getting dressed up. And, you know, I was this like whole sweatpants and like the home office thing has been like hard for me. I'm wearing jeans right now. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> I'm always somebody who's like, I'm dressed up. I love crazy makeup and big hair and, and wild nails and my kids, you'll see pictures of my kids and really bringing all of that. So that when I, I'm notorious for like meeting a client and like, following them on Instagram and like adding them, you know, in social media. Like I love to bring that entirety of myself to work. Um, Mm -hmm. because again, I'm like an extrovert and I, I'm a cancer. So I like want everybody to love me and I like want to always do for other people. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's like my brand. It's positive. It's fun. It's uplifting. It's cheerful. It's bright. It's problem solving. It's connecting people. I'm always trying to, Oh, I have a guy that can do that. Like, let me get you to them. And so that's, um, that is what, I think like the brand of Mia is, um, I would love to like survey like the people I've worked with in the past and be like, true or false. (laughs) I was going to ask you how much of your personal brand as a a professional, as an executive connects to your personal life. But I think you just answered it really well because it's like hearing it from you. It makes so much sense. Like the elements I know of your personal life as personal Mia, Mia friend, mom, whatever comes into your work life so well. I mean, you know where, by the way, you could do your little survey. (laughs) And this is on my list to talk to you about is um, you could do it on LinkedIn. And I feel like of everyone I know who... Uh, is a brand of themselves within a brand and everyone is of their own brand. You utilize LinkedIn so well. Yeah. What do you feel like LinkedIn as a personal brand? Because you're not on there, um, you know, you're not like those people that just promote products and promote their work mm-hmm. and promote. I think you use it to your personal brand's advantage. What can people learn or what are some like key things from LinkedIn as a, not as an employee, but as personal brand, brand Bob, Joe, Mia. Yeah that LinkedIn could bring to them? Cause I think it's an untapped resource. Yeah. That's a great question. So I, I like love LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn on my phone. I use LinkedIn on my computer. It's, um, one of the social networks that I check frequently, frequently. Um, I am not somebody that posts a ton on LinkedIn. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I went through like a phase, uh, when I was working specific to the entertainment industry where I would share a lot of industry news there. There was actually this one woman, she worked at a couple different studios that I would follow on LinkedIn. And what I loved about her, and I said this to her, I said, Kelly, you're a newsfeed. Like I just go to your page and I know what's going on in the industry, like, like that. And Mm -hmm. I, always feel like that was like Kelly's thing was like, she was always posting the news of the industry. And that was like how she showed up on LinkedIn. I think for me, I'm very, um, I'm like an engager. I like to like, like, and comment on other people's posts. And then there's like, yeah, I'm very active like that. Um, and I'm also like a sleuther. So I love to like go into a company, see who works where, see who I know who is where, um, Mm -hmm. an old colleague of mine just announced that he started at a new company today. And I was like, why do I know that name of that company? It's not like a consumer facing name really at all. And I, sure enough, I clicked in and I was like, oh, I know that name because I congratulated so-and-so when they started their job there. Amazing. So I just, you know, it's, I think it's, um, a good client service person is with you regardless of where they are working. Right. And regardless mm-hmm. of whether you are actually their client service person or not, it's, these are relationships that I forge with people. Um, you know, I, I text with people that I hadn't 
called on in years. Um, and LinkedIn is a place where I'm able to do that and follow their career path. Instagram is a place where I do that. And I see their baby pictures, text messages, a place where I do it, where I, you know, share TikTok videos with them. Um, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, that's, I'm a relationships person. I've always been a relationships person. And I think also, um, the details, right? My mom always said that she goes, God is in the details. And it's just the little things like, knowing somebody's coffee order and bringing it, marking somebody's birthday when you see it somewhere in a calendar and being the person to say happy birthday to them that next year. That's so year, brand Mia. You know? That is brand Mia to a T. Yeah. It's thoughtful. It's thoughtful. It's those those are the types of things um, that, you know, I mean, I haven't checked on Facebook in years, like when people have said happy birthday to me. Well, no, because it's like, you'd have to go down like a QAnon <laughs> hole first and yeah, then exactly. before you get, yeah, exactly. But like, it's just a, just like a little text message of, you know, that kind of stuff. And I just, those are the little details that I hang on to because I think they're so special. And I think it's what makes a relationship special. And I feel like that's very much a part of, of my brand of who I am and how I, put myself forward in the workplace for sure. Um, in my personal life, I could probably use a little bit more of that, but. <laughs> well, your personal brand, um, it, I know it's a major asset to my business. And um, tell me a bit about, because I think you're similar to me where I was corporate queen 101. I would, I was the the master of Madison Avenue. And I thought I was going to be brought out of there in a body bag and that I would never start my own thing go out on a limb, do that kind of thing. But my personal brand, the brand of Preston, really actually was built for what I'm doing now and not built for being a brand within a brand. So how do you feel, how does brand Mia fit into this new world of hustle, solopreneurship, maybe some more um, eccentric working hours, maybe more life on a plane, maybe more time zones? How did it how was it at Spotify? How is it different now? And what was that transition like? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll start with um, how it's really different, which was like at Spotify, at iHeart, at the, you know, I've worked at enormous, enormous media companies. And um, some of them were very mature at the time I was there. Some of them were in this kind of hyper growth mode, but it. I, you know, I, I believed in the mission of the company and the mission of the product, but it's like, I was just one of like thousands of employees at this place. Mm-hmm. And so making your mark and rising up and being recognized as like your own personal brand in a space like that, the way that I was able to do that was through specialty, was, was through aligning myself as a specialist in a certain industry. So for me, that was the entertainment industry. I was the entertainment person, you know, when I was at Spotify and that was, that was my brand. Um, but something that a great, leader at Spotify said to me about herself that I was like, oh my gosh, that's me, is she said, I don't need to be the number one. I like being the number two. And it was this moment of, I think like self-realization, you know, in this kind of like toxic girl boss culture that like, you know, we've all like lived in for the past few years and like the importance of climbing the corporate ladder. And I think there's, we can have a larger discussion around like what's happening with like the corporate exodus now, Mm -hmm. but that like to hear that, that it's like, I don't need to be the number one. I need to be the number two. And she was very high up, very, very high up at this Mm -hmm. company. I remember you told this to me once and I was like, that's such a strange way of thinking. Like, but, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. And so I think that like a big, but because I am the cheerleader, right? I am not the quarterback. I am the cheerleader. Like I Mm -hmm. love being the one that is the support. Like 
I feel like I shine when I'm like holding that person up and they're shining. That's mm-hmm. like the best, most exciting success for me is like seeing the people around me that I work with every day succeed and win. And so when I made the transition to Kennet and to working not only with our creative agency, but with the home brand that I felt very much like this was a excellent way for me to channel that piece of myself, which is being the number two, being the right hand, being the other part of somebody's brain. And I think it's part of the reason why our dynamic and why the business has accelerated the way that it has in, since I came on is because I need it to be Preston Conrad home. I need it to be kind of creative. I don't need it to have my name on the marquee. I love being the one that like is working behind the scenes, helping make it happen. Um, and so I think that's a big piece of like how my brand translated through. It's really different now in that I am a generalist more so than a specialist, right? So like in a big company, it's pushed you, pushed you in a lot of hundred percent in a big company. I was, you know, my brand was able to kind of rise to the top because of picking a niche and niching down. And now I feel like the brand of Mia is able to shine within our companies and within our universe and our ecosystem because I'm able to kind of almost like thin out a little bit and try different things mm-hmm. and and figure out like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm really good at this and I'm going to keep doing this. Or like, hey, I tried this. I'm not good at this. And so like, you're going to keep doing this or we're going to hire somebody to do this or we're going to pass this on to somebody else that works on the team. And so I think that if that's like a long, short way to answer the question. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's a really good answer. I think um, what's really interesting is, is that I feel that you were ready to leave brand Mia was ready to leave big brand to come to boutique because that brand of you was already fully baked. Right. Yeah. And so it was fully baked and ready. Like the cake was out of the oven and it wasn't still wet and doughy and moldable. What advice I, and I think there's a lot of people that are probably in the boat that you were in a couple of years ago where it's like, I'm a fully baked fucking cake and I'm doing really well in this bakery and it's a great bakery and I love it. But I might be better in a cooler, smaller bakery, right? So how do you move that? Like, what advice would you give for someone who is a fully branded individual who has figured it out? They know their values as a personal brand within an organization and they want to move to something smaller, nimble, cooler, maybe like what we're doing. Any any major takeaways or some like advice you could give? That's a great question. I'm part of me feels like it's hard, right? It's really hard because there was a part of me that would have stayed at you know, and the big brands forever. I, that was me I at Ralph. Crave, I was like, I'll die. Yeah, here. exactly. They, they will, <laughs> they will have my funeral when they, they find will, me dead at my dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like, you know, part of me like crave like the stability and like, even in some ways, like the sameness, I, I like that. Um, but I think that it's sometimes there's just like a little sound in your head or like a little rumble in like your stomach or this like little twing in your heart that you just like, you don't know like what it is. And Mm -hmm. sometimes something happens that like, it it just pushes you. I didn't take that first step. Like I was pushed. And I think that the minute that I felt myself moving, I just knew I was like, just do it, just do it. And, and, and don't look back and just keep doing it. And like, don't worry. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really hard. Like when you have a family, right? Like taking a risk when, when I mean, look, yeah. money is like a really serious thing. And like, I, I just mm-hmm. think that it's, if you want to do it, 
Somebody once said, it's like, you'll never look back on your life wishing like, oh, I wish I spent more time at work. You know, I wish I spent more time trying to, you know, go up the corporate ladder and not pursue passions and dreams. Mm -hmm. I think everybody has like their own situations and their own like responsibilities and circumstance. But what I would say to somebody who is feeling that they are ready for a change is, um, Sometimes the change doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like. And sometimes the change um, happens before you think you're ready for it or you're waiting and it's not happening and you're like, what's going on? But try new things and think about how the things that you do now and the skills that you have now translate because 90% of what I do every day with you is completely different than what I did. But I use the same tools. I'm just like, I'm, I'm painting a different picture, right? And brand me as the same. See, I think that's what's interesting. Yeah. I think what a lot of people think is I couldn't, I could never go to that kind of environment because me as a brand, you know, they, they may not be calling it their personal brand, yeah. but they say, um, I don't know if I have the right um, sensibilities. I don't know if the right personality. It's really like a brand fit within a brand. I think that's like the one thing that I knew about you. I'm like, her brand's right for my brand. Yeah, I look at at the that's, core, that's right. like for, for what my brand is, right? Like that being fun, being positive, being a problem solver, mm-hmm. being, you know, cheerful and colorful and, and inclusive and easily excitable, like that's, I, I want to be the kind of energy that I want to have around. And so that you can well, plug a into a lot of different places, right? Like it's your brand will carry, don't, don't put limits on yourself. Don't let other people mm-hmm. put limits on you either. But like the world is a really big place. And there's like a lot of real, like your brand can express itself in ways that you still can never dream of. That's what I love about working with you is that it's like, I'm a strategic thinker. I'm a methodical mm. thinker. I am not a big enough thinker. Like you think so big. Well, I'm just also crazy. I'm like, we're going to do this. I love that. <laughs> like, I, yeah. when, and then when somebody says to me, we're going to do this crazy thing, my brand goes like, okay, right. We're going to do this crazy thing. So what do, how do we need to get this? Like if somebody tells we me we're yeah. doing this, I'm like, cool, we're doing it. How are we going to get it done? I, but I don't, information. Exactly. Yep. I just, I don't, I don't think big enough. I'll be the first one to say it. It's like my biggest fatal flaw is like, I don't think big enough, but if there's somebody in the room that is thinking that big, I'm like, yes, that is what is. And we are going to make it happen. You know, did you ever feel that brand Mia was, um, stifled working for a massive brand? No, no. I think that I, you know, I spent my mid twenties to mid thirties, working in two really big corporations. Even when I joined Spotify, there were thousands of people there, not in America, but it was, it was, a, it was a company that had thousands of people working for it. Um, maybe a thousand, um, which is still huge compared to us, right? So totally, um, yeah. compared to a lot of companies. Um, I don't think that I was ever stifled there. I think that where I actually felt stifled was expressing myself creatively in other ways, like, because I worked in sales and not like all the creativity that I had. 
and maybe it was myself, right? Maybe I was stuffing myself. I was like, this is corporate. And like, you know, it's like, we're like our, you know, our boomer parents, like what they taught us about like working a corporate job and like wearing a suit yeah. and shit. Like it's yeah. so, can I curse? Sorry, I don't yeah. know if I can curse. Yeah, when we, we swear okay, on great. this podcast. Like, that's also my brand. Like I have a toilet mouth and I'm like notorious for like dropping an F-bomb in a meeting and then being like, oh God, is this, does this client curse? But anyway, so I feel like I stifled myself in terms of like expressing my creativity um, and and wearing the things I wanted to wear and doing my nails the way I wanted to do them. And, you know, mm-hmm. I do think that like sometimes visually being so out there can like actually hinder you getting the point across that you want to get across. And so I do think it's important to like read the room, know the scenario that you're going yeah. into, you know, kind of thing. But um, no, I don't, the long and the short of it is I don't think that working for a big brand stifled the brand of Mia. But I also think that is because part of the brand of Mia is being support and not aiming to be a star, right? Exactly. You knew where you fit into the yes. puzzle and that you're and that you are a cog in a in a wheel that you're a very important cog in the system. Yeah. But I like and being that, part of a system. I like being part of a team. I like a group yep. think like I don't yep. If there is no leader, I'm like, cool, I'll be the leader. But I don't come into a situation saying, like, I need to be the leader. I feel like I drive the most value in being the support system, right? Yeah. So. I love that. There was a quote when you were talking about fun. I I, I just found it. I'm going to bring it up. And it's from the co-founder of Southwest Airlines. And I saved it in my Instagram even though Southwest like can't get our shit together. Southwest, yeah. Um, I, I've never flown Southwest, but I've saved this quote in my in my Instagram. Delta for life. But it, yeah, Delta for life. If anyone from Delta is listening, you've got you two can sponsor loyal this podcast, Delta Platinum, tri- triple, quadruple, platinum, whatever the hell we are. Um, but the quote reads. I've always felt there's no reason that work has to be suffused with seriousness. Fun is a stimulant to people. They enjoy their work more and work more productively. And I feel, and I've saved it because I feel like it's very what you're just talking about. It's very about my personal brand. It's very how much I run both of my businesses that way. Um, So I thought that was fun. I wanted to get it in there, but um, I have a question for you. So you now in your new job, working with mm-hmm. me, probably get to work with work and see and engage with more consumer facing brands than you probably yeah. ever did before. Uh, Cause you're working with media ventures and media companies, entertainment yeah. companies before. Is there, is there a brand memory? Could be a brand we've worked with or a brand that is nostalgic to you that, that for some reason lives rent free in your head. Yeah. Like, okay. From years ago. Yeah. So I would say that like, it's not even a brand that I engage with or like purchase their products a lot now, but so like for context, like I grew up on Long Island, like right outside of New York Mm -hmm. and there is like in a predominantly like Jewish neighborhood and all of the girls, we all dressed the same and everybody had the same jeans and the same sweatsuits. And so the, the same purses, like there was a lot of like keeping up with the Joneses in this kind of environment. Well, it was the era of like 90s, 2000s, like everyone had to shop at the same exactly, places. Exactly. There was yeah. no like individuality when it came to like your clothing. But like even mm-hmm. like, it, I want to say it was like maybe elementary school aged where it was... Gap had these like sweatsuits 
right? And like for gym, like you would wear your gym clothes on, we didn't have like locker rooms in elementary school. So you would wear your gym clothes like underneath these sweatsuits. And then like you would take off your sweatsuit and like you'd have your gym clothes and like you'd put your sweatsuit back on for the day for like the one day of the week that you had gym. And I just remember like, I wanted my sweatsuit to be from the gap. Like I had to have the navy blue. They probably still make the exact same sweatsuit today, except the logo yes, one. Yes, it just like says Gap, and it's like navy they blue crew neck and like a tapered yeah. sweatpant. And like that to me was like just like the first. Maybe like I remember like the brand of McDonald's, but like a brand feeling important to me. And I think yeah. that that carried through, like in the early 2000s when Gap had, I don't know who was doing their creative, but they just had this string of like fantastic ads. I don't think it was Larry. Okay. But remember like the Aerosmith one where it was just like Steven Tyler and he was like scatting. He was like, like, is that, that's not going to be great for the audio, but I'll, I'll find the video and I'll send it to you. And then it was like on the same era where they had like the striped scarves and the, the, the love train. And so Gap, like I really, People all over yes, the world. That, that was like and, a yeah. big one for me. Gap was a brand that I remember in childhood, like being important and then growing mm-hmm. up, like remember those ads feeling really special to me. It kept a place yeah. in your in your yeah. ethos, in your in your like brand footprint. Yeah. That's awesome. It's funny. Well, I, I always have the same connection with Gap because I used to work for Gap a long time ago. Now I asked that question because just what you said, you're like, I don't engage with this brand much, but for some reason it left like a, a memory, uh, left like a, a print in your yeah. memory. And I, I think Gap is such a good answer. It's iconic. Yeah. Um, my last question, since we're running out of time, is one that I love to ask, which is, is there a branding failure from your past personal brand failure that in retrospect actually turned out to be such a blessing brand blessing for brand Mia. Oh, okay. Is there a brand failure that turned out to be a brand blessing? Yeah. You know, again, I'm going to say like, it's, it, I think it was about me. Um, and it was necessary at the time, but I think at the end of the day, it ended up like holding me back or it's not, it, mm. it evolved my brand into what it is now, which is, um, being too specialized, like part of my brand was like being this like entertainment, or I thought part of my brand was being this entertainment specialist. Mm -hmm. And like, don't get me wrong. I loved it. And it helped me succeed immensely in that company, but it became so much about like how I identified my brand when what I realized when I moved into this role with this company and like further examine, like, what does it mean to be the brand of Mia? That that was just one piece of it that actually is, it was like one of the rings of Saturn. Like it was just happening mm-hmm. at the time, but like at the core, that was something that was completely replaceable and that the real brand yeah. of Mia could exist in other places, in other spaces and be just as strong. I think at that particular company, that's where I held the most value, but I love to like dive in to to, to things like that, right? Like I love to, you know, work in a certain industry and understand and get a mastery of something. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think that was like, you know, something that I think was holding me back more so mentally. Cause I definitely yep. like, I, I progressed immensely doing that, but I think mentally it held me back. And I think that I have more confidence in myself as a brand 
in the way that I look at my brand now versus the way that I looked at my brand then um, by feeling okay that it's like, hey, I don't have to have this specialty in this industry to be valuable and I don't have to continue to to do this one thing because all the other pieces of my brand are things that like translate into so many other arenas. Like mm-hmm. right now, I think one of the strongest parts of my brand and, and what I bring to the table is that I speak a very specific language between creatives and clients, right? Being mm-hmm. able to be the person that helps reel in the client feedback, help the client understand this is a yes, this is a no, this is a stop, this is a go. And translate that back to our art department, our our graphic designers, our copywriters, our creative team without, because that's like, it's precious when you make art, like it's special and it feels like an extension of you. And I am removed, it's personal. personal. I'm more removed from that. But because I Mm. do feel like I do have all this creative expression, like I get it. So it's like, I don't want you to tell me my outfit's ugly, but like, if you're telling me it's not the outfit that we're going to wear here, like, okay, I get it. And so that I feel like for me is just like something that has transcended. And it's like, now that's kind of like my specialty is like, I am a a conduit between creative and client. And it's a very specific language that not a lot of people speak, even when they have years in, in client service. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of like, my specialty now, my special sauce now, and and what makes my brand a bit different now. Better go back to that LinkedIn page and add all these new skills. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I mean, by the way, you, you have earned a return invite on this podcast. So good. This could be an hour long special, but we just hit our mark. You know what? I think 30 minutes of me talking is enough. I think it was amazing. I think what's amazing about this chat with you is that so many people, wherever they may live, love their yeah. job and don't realize that they have brand me yeah. in them. And I think you were able to really extract a lot of things that people could say, oh my God, that's like my brand. That's like my brand. And maybe I am ready for the next thing. So I think this was an insanely invaluable conversation. Thank you. Mina. Yeah. I think if somebody's like trying to figure out like what their brand is as, as an employee, right. As a member of the workforce and then do a Google right, search. That, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, that, you know, think of, think of your personality, think of your skill set, and try and really remove yourself from like a specific industry and think about those yeah. things and, and think about the compliments that you've received in the past, right. From other coworkers or or clients or vendors or whatever it might be. And think about how you can hone in on those things and and polish those things and develop your brand. Oh my God. What an amazing conversation. Mia Hopke, thank you. I know you've probably got to go be a mom, but um, next episode we'll talk about brand mom when I have you back (laughs) because that's a whole nother episode in itself. You're killing it. Thank you for joining the podcast. I'll see you on Zoom. Bye. Bye. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at Brand Me Podcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.